This is gonna be fucking fun. I'm Ryan. You are in the hole with Major League A-Holes. Episode 79. Uh, we are going to recap the in, the surprising and some may say embarrassing Crosstown series that happened I, this past I'll weekend. say it's fucking embarrassing. Well, it could have been embarrassing for both sides. So that, that, that'll be that'll be an interesting debate. But uh, we also have a Tigers A's series. So it's like a it's like a rival. It's like a show rivalry week almost, except I'm rivaling, I'm rivaling myself. Yeah. Time, so. Are you, fi- did you just fight all, did you just say negative things was, back and forth to yeah, yourself? Was, well, that's a, that's a typical day. So, <laughs> uh, beyond that, we have the giants are no longer in first place. Oh, we'll but they are. That. Are they in first place? Oh, oh they are. They won. Did they, they get back they, into the session? Yeah, they're, okay, now they're back in first place. Okay. All is well then. Never mind. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that. We've got some shit you couldn't make up, and we have uh, an unprecedented <laughs> asshole of the week. And I don't. It, this might take most of the show, actually. So we'll we'll get to that eventually. But buckle up. So let's go ahead and jump into the news. Now here's the news. It's the news. The big news. Oh fuck, Scotty, that is good news. That is great news, man. Let's bring it all home as Major League Baseball presents. This week in baseball. Well, uh, I, yeah, I think mean, we had you a, want to start. I want to. I don't know. I mean, you guys won the series, so I guess it's. I guess it's your play, your I, call. Well, I mean, I was there Friday night. Um, nice for thirty runs was a great football game. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, Yasmani Grandel in in his return kicked a field goal late <laughs> to make it 17 to i believe it was 10 at the time and oh, then, he had a touchdown and a two-point conversion overall didn't he well yes, eight yes RBIs. Well, yeah eight rbis in that game a couple a couple homers uh he's he's to say he's returned uh with with a, on a mission would kind of be an understatement right yeah. now i mean the dude missed a homer again last night by it hit off the yellow part of the wall. Um, he is just crushing everything inside. But anyway, it was 17 to 13. And, you know, I had I had boldly said and I, I stick by it that, uh, you know, the soccer needed to the Sox need to score a minimum of 30 runs or that would be embarrassing. And if they lose any <laughs> of the games, it would be embarrassing. Well, I did get my 30 runs overall. 30. But the you got the them in a weird ball, way. The yeah. curveball that was thrown in there was uh, the second game of the series. Uh, the Sox were completely shut out, which it, I have no words. I was just like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" And it, it, it's it's just because the Cubs have have basically just the the front office has destroyed the team, and it's the kind of team that the Sox should just beat yeah. up on in all three games so well you certainly did in game well in a weird way in game one we'll, we'll get to that but game three was game three was much more like what i thought a lot of the series was the series 
was almost exactly the way I anticipated. And it was almost exactly the opposite of the way I anticipated in a way, like, because I, th I thought you guys would score a shit ton of runs. I thought the Cubs would have no chance to be scoring runs. Or I didn't think they were going to win a game, let alone, <laughs> let alone dominate game two. The, the actual pitching matchups, the way we previewed it worked out the complete opposite the way I thought. Uh, yeah, I thought the I thought the Cubs had a, a, maybe a slight advantage in games one and three, and we're going to get their ass kicked in two, and that's the opposite of how it actually came out. So let's get, let's get back to game one. You were there. Um, God, how long did that game actually play out for thirty okay, so, runs scored? So just just for a barometer, it was it was about four hours, a little Jesus. over four hours. Um, did you get how many fights did you get into? I got. Oh no, into that was Sunday. I got into no fights, but there were, well, okay. For if, if the news is that there was only a fight there on Sunday, that's a lie. Okay. <laughs> there were fights there every day. Um, and it all happened late in the game. I mean, people feeling toasty and jokes are no longer jokes. They're, you know, they're serious now. Uh, the most common most heard uh, uh, said to Cubs fans, which, was your Sox series? Fans, no, no, no. Sox fans are randomly shut out, shout out stuff like, Where's Rizzo? Where's Brian? Oh, clever. Where's Baez? Yeah, they're just randomly. Like it was, it was, it was, uh, it was fight. My section is pretty tame though. Although I would, I will say there was a fight that did break out two sections over for me, <laughs> but. Uh, which is the first time I've seen that this year. But normally, you know, you we have a good shot of the of because of being uh, down on the third base line. You, you can check out just, the bleachers. You can just turn to the bleachers and see everything that's happening, and uh, that is where most of the chaos has occurred this year. Living living back up to the original bleacher days for both sides of town. Really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was like the th first three innings took two hours that's because the cubs were piling up runs against dylan's uh, against uh dallas keichel of yeah, all who, pitchers well i guess well, i guess i no, could have assumed that terribly surprising this it's, year well, it's a little surprising the cubs were able to do that I, I guess i'm not surprised that keichel is able to give up a bunch of runs but for the cubs to be able to pile that up against them six runs in uh not even third i was gonna say it wasn't even two innings so that's one starting pitcher that was embarrassed, and of course you came back to to dominate. Well, yeah, and then and then the 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 reason the game really did take so long is the Sox had ten walks in that game, mm. meaning our players were walked ten times outside of the <laughs> right. double digit hits. But there were so many walks in the bottom of the third that led to the eight runs. It just never looked like it was going to fucking end. Yeah. Um. I mean, it was not like it was entertaining, but it was not a well-played game on, on, <laughs> 13, either 17, side, yeah. on either side of the, at least a well-pitched game on either side. Well, no. I shouldn't say that. It wasn't necessarily a well-played game either when the inning ending pop-up to gets dropped by um, your shortstop, uh, 24. Uh, what the hell's that dude's name? You even know the Cubs shortstop's name at this point? I, I, yeah, I was not tuned in at that point, so I'm yeah, not sure. he, he drops a pop up and and two runs scored, I believe. That was that was supposed to end the inning. One run scored. <laughs> it's it, oh, Romine, Romine. 
Oh, Romine the shortstop, okay. not Romine the catcher or whatever the other Romine plays. We've got all the Romines. So. You, you have the Romines cornered. <laughs> Horror did a trade for Romines. And then, um, so that, I mean, game one, like I said, it was that. But the interesting thing for my kids, though, is they've been to two games this year, and both times the Sox have like, they scored a total of 28 runs for them. Jesus. Yeah, they're so, getting spoiled there. Yeah, they are. The other only other item of note from game one I wanted to bring up is Craig Kimbrell imploding in the, mm. was he in the ninth? I mean, yeah, that's not a, sa- not a save situation. It was never but... a save situation. He let up three runs against the Cubs. When someone posted something crazy, his ERA out on the White Sox outside of the Cubs is like two something. But because of those two Cubs games and the mm. limited amount of appearances, his ERA against the Cubs is like 25 or something. <laughs> So, He's a mole. so when 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 you remove the two Cubs appearances, he, he really hasn't pitched as bad as people have made him uh, out to be. So, yeah, and know. he had a clean eighth uh, the other day, and he had his first save this past week. So, finally, well, we talked co- about that last week, actually. But yeah. finally, they put him in in the correct yeah. correct spot. But so, congratulations, you won the football game. As the obligatory joke goes, seventeen thirteen. Uh, Game game two was another football score, although a low scoring football seven nothing, which is that might be the most shocking thing of this entire series is that Lance Lynn was embarrassed by the Cubs offense and that neither of us anticipated. Um, If anything, I would have I would have predicted the complete opposite. Alec Mills shutting down your vaunted offense side mills. Yeah, for eight and a third innings. I couldn't quite get the complete game. I mean, we did the preview last Friday, Thursday or Friday, whatever that was. And I thought that was going to be the weakest of weak links that the, that the Cubs had. And I couldn't have been more wrong. Um, shocking. I, I guess I had no, no, no realm of understanding of how that worked out. It, it yeah, sounds, I mean, it sounds like it was questionable if Lanch Lynn should have even been pitching in that game, but that's what's interesting. He, he didn't blame anything on injury. He just said it, whatever it's not good to suck i think it was his quote after the yeah. game um which is sounds sounds like lance lynn he would not blame anything else other than himself but he has subs- subsequently gone on the il in are they saying it's a, a knee injury or what, knee what is tendinitis. it tendinitis yeah. i see well, well we'll talk about the injuries plaguing the white Sox right now in, in a bit but um I don't know. I guess your your comments after the game were you were, I guess, rightly embarrassed by, yeah. by that showing. And yeah, I have not. I'm embarrassed by that showing. I'm embarrassed. We did not sweep the series. It's the Cubs, ridiculous. The Cubs got to 20 runs in that series before you guys did. Of all of all things, who would have thunk? Who would have? I did not. Uh, anything else about game two? I'm <laughs> no, sure you don't no, want to say much like, more about it. No, no, I like to talk about game three, where <laughs> the greatest trade of all time <laughs> bears its, uh, its ugly head and its fruit. Where Dylan sees who's on an epic, epic pitching run right now. What a great time for him to pull everything completely together, including deep down in his dwells. Of, yeah, of, we got to start the stat like how. How many but, times he goes into his pants well, with his and, pitching hand? And I think to to see that you have to watch more away games than you do home games. If you oh, catch my drift, they're cutting away from that. That's interesting. They may be. If you're watching the marquee feed, 
Well, actually, the marquee feed, I think, because of COVID, they're just using the same cameras, probably. So it might be, yeah, yeah. But you, I don't think you see as much digging on the home feeds as you do on the uh, on the away feeds. But anyway, uh, well, yeah. After every every at bat that I've seen, don't see stomps off the mound, turns turns to the center field, and just goes directly down his pants as far as you could possibly go. So I'm not sure yeah, I, if he's looking in the, his pants like Giuliani. The other, yeah, the, uh, what's yeah. going on here? The but. other move is he does this a ton too, where he puts his hands yeah. through his hair. That's, like, a, mul- that's more times. normal for well, the haired people. I, I'm jealous of being able to do that, but I... Well, well here's what's interesting about it, though. To me. Here's what's interesting about it, though. He particularly does it at least five times after he lets up a hit or throws like a, a pitch off and then suddenly he's got control again mm. so i don't know maybe it could be and it you know what over speculation it could all just be habitual things that he does routine stuff i mean like a batter who has to after every at bat go back out and readjust his batting gloves canerical used to drive me nuts Every pitch, he had to walk yeah. back out, readjust his bangles. Who knows? But we both find it very comical that this dude goes like freaking 10 feet into his freaking drawers constantly. Something to pay attention uh, to going to forward. Yeah. But anyway, whether whether he's <laughs> putting any type of sticky stuff, reserve your jokes, uh, on the ball, um, he is dominating right now he's pitching great he's they don cooper said it ethan katz has said it tony la russa said it they've all said like watching him he of all of the Sox pitchers everyone always believed he has the best stuff of of everyone and what a what a what a great time if that momentum can carry into the into october uh for him um so I don't know. I love I love watching him pitch. Um, I think he's got like just some sick, nasty shit. So not sure. Again, it could be aided, but um, I know on an interview this week in the score, he had nothing but praise for Ethan Katz and how Ethan Katz has helped him take it to the next level. So maybe Ethan Katz has some magic elixir that he's <laughs> he does. He's I quite the know. chemist. He is. <laughs> Uh, I guess the only other thing of note from game three is how you completely destroyed Kyle Hendricks, the ace of the depleted Cubs staff. Um, that was yeah. not, not what we predicted going in. I thought that'd be one of the more competitive games and it was the least competitive of games. Um, I don't know what that says. I think it says much more about your incredible offense than it does about anything else. So congratulations. The it's not the BP cup anymore. It is now the wind trust. Wintrust Trophy, I, yeah, Wintrust the, Cup. I think what it's it, the Crosstown. Well, it's sponsored Crosstown. by Wintrust. Yeah, it's sure. the Wintr- but I think they call it like the Wintrust Crosstown Cup or something. You, you guys clinched that after game one of this series, uh, after sweeping the, the previous series. So four wins to, no, five wins to one. Uh, you took a celebratory photograph with about maybe eight of your 
team. <laughs> There's, it was just sort of a sad photo. Like you'd think, you know, something that was meaningful. I, I just think of like Stanley Cup photos where the whole team is just piled in there. There's just eight, just eight. Yeah, I think it was like the starters kind of... from the night. I think that was it. It was the was guys it? who started the game. Okay, they didn't look the, that the all fourth, that jazz. The so winning. They're, they're like, really? We have to do this? <laughs> it just made it made me laugh. And the <laughs> they're fans, like, mm. it's clear the fans get much more enjoyment out of this this crosstown cup rivalry than the, the players do. I'm sure they I'm three sure sold out games it. worth. I mean, three yeah. sold out games worth. And the Cubs, there are a lot of Cubs fans were there. So oh, yeah. they, they yeah. didn't shy away. They came out still. Yeah, they're ready to take um, a take a punch. Um <laughs> literally. Hey-o! Um, so I guess that about wraps up the crosstown. Uh, the Sox did go five and one against the NL Central this week as they they didn't they didn't they didn't destroy the Pirates, but yeah, I was kind of surprised none, by that. None of the games were really like in doubt, ever, necessarily. In doubt, yeah, and the like the bullpen when Giolito uh, Giolito left. So this will start the rash of injuries talk too. Giolito awkwardly picked up a bunt and apparently stretched out his uh, hamstring. So mm. he has some hams. He has a mild hamstring strain, I believe. I so. didn't realize it was tied to a particular play. I thought it was yeah. just a general, general no. And he tried, he tried to stretch it out twice in that inning while pitching and it didn't work. So they decided just to take him out. Mm. Um, the bullpen, shut them down for the last four in, in two thirds of an inning. So uh, no runs, one hit, I think. So it wasn't <clears throat> much of a big deal that they say Giolito is just going to miss one start from that injury or they've got like, they had like no days off forever. I think it feels like most teams were in that stretch in, in August. And now they had two days off this week and then, I think they have another two days off next week or something. I know they, they have a, they have these, these days are going to be able to play with where they're really not going to like Lance Lynn may only miss one start total or something like that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, and then you've got speaking of the injuries, I mean, I think the, the, the most interesting one because it's it's been he's been rested a lot on and off over the past like two and a half weeks is Tim Anderson. I mean, mm-hmm. the, you've got the clear cut, you know, you know it's the knee tendonitis with uh, Lance Lynn, which also explained he was going to get treatment for he was going and now the stories come out that it's out that he has knee tendonitis. He was on his way to, the game he throws the belt at the ump he's on his way to the locker room to get a knee brace because of his knee pain. And that's why he was like so pissed because he just wanted to get in there, get the yeah, knee brace he, on. He did say at the time that he was on his way to get treatment. And you, yeah. I guess everyone assumed that was his, you know, just be, between innings arm yeah. treatment or whatever. Yeah, but. right. Yeah, that's so it was to actually get a knee brace for that game, the rest of that game. So, so we know what's going on with him. Tim just has this like, hamstring leg soreness i mean and this could be a player who plays hard every day having those residuals of only having 60 games played last season mm-hmm. I and mean, you don't know but what what it looks like you know tony wants to do tlr and i i'm on board with this i mean he wants to make sure that their squad is 100 percent going into the postseason and you're talking about a postseason that's not really in jeopardy well- and and you're also talking about um an offense now having 
three of the guys back without right. Tim Anderson, you're not, you know, you're not, you're, you're like, like I said, when we did the no excuses, when Tim Anderson took those couple of days off the week before, it's like, I don't want to hear the Sox can't win because Tim Anderson's not yeah, the lineup. You're, 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 you're at full, you're, 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 you have more than enough power in that lineup. You don't need Tim Anderson every day. Back to, back to TLR strategy. Like you said, that started, he started to work on that two weeks ago, spelling, spelling Anderson for several you know games here and there to yeah. try to manage this. And I do, I, you have to come to the conclusion that that did not work if they have to put him on the IL. Now. No, I, I yeah, agree a hundred percent that comment. Yeah. Did you, you, did you see, I, I didn't see what it was backdated to like the last game he actually played. So is he out like a full 10 days from yesterday or is it? No, it's a 10 that? days from the 28th. He's game backs nine, eight or nine, nine. Okay. So next okay. week. Yeah. So next week sometimes. So yeah. we'll we'll know more about that I, at that I, point. I, I almost think part of it too is you've got that Boston series coming up at home. And I kind of think I wonder if he wants to try out like a pseudo playoff rotation and like have like that playoff lineup, making sure that's like full go out yeah. on the field for a few of those games just to see because that that's that's that is like a great measuring stick for like playoffs so sure so you also i mean you you mentioned you're definitely you're you're winning the division you're getting to the postseason one way or the other no matter what happens from here out here on out but you've got to be interested and vying doing your best to get the best record in the american league somehow which may be out of reach at this point but yeah but i think i think the, you need to be two, playing games at home i mean you've well, dem need, demonstrated we, that yeah. you are you guys are fucking dominant at home and not not that you're garbage on the road but it would be a huge mm -hmm. advantage if you played more of your games at home in the playoffs than not so yeah there, that's another mitigating factor as we go down getting down to the nitty-gritty here yeah i think we can get the two seed uh, lockdown. Uh, I think Houston lost last night, so I think mm. we did move into that position. But um, yeah, I, I mean, the way the Rays are playing right now, I don't know that we would be able to catch them, um, especially yeah. after you know we lost a couple games when we were there, so we lost a couple couple spots in the standing there. So, right. um, but yeah, it would, it would obviously, if they were somehow able to lock down home field advantage, it'd be a great thing. But at the same time, if we lock down home field, home field advantage, but we're gimpy going into the playoffs, I'd rather take our chances on the road with a fully healthy team than at home with a, with a gimpy team. So well, this, this kind of gets to the the classic conspiracy theories. Like, are, are these guys really hurt, or are they being rested down the stretch oh, yeah, now? And, yeah, and that's that's a legit question. I mean, the Gio Gonzalez thing was definitely tied to something, so I don't think they were. Giolito? Giolito. Should I say Gio Gonzalez? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Giolito. There's a Gio in there somewhere. There is the a Gio. Gio. The Giolito injury was definitely, you know, happened at that moment in the game. Yeah. Um, so that's that's a little different. The Lance Lynn, the Lance Lynn, I mean, there's obviously been something that has been bugging him because he's been talking about going and getting treatment in between innings. Right. Um, but is it something that if there was more on the line that he could probably play through? It would seem that way, right? 
Yeah, I guess here's a because he even said he even said in that Cubs game on the Grand Slam that he let up that he threw the pitch where he wanted to. You know, it was high and inside, but yeah. um, I forget who hit it. He he was looking for it and crushed it. I mean, so I mean, you get beat sometimes, you know. Um, how, how would you rate your? How would you rank your level of concern between the three three main guys on the IL right now? Uh, Oh, I think my highest level of concern is really for um, Tim Tim Anderson, mm-hmm. and the reason I say that is because, like, brought up. Well, not even that part. Just well, yeah, that that part. But like the part of they rested him, then he was back, then they rested him again, then he was back. Right. Well, is the is ten days off gonna work, and or are we gonna get four games into being back, and then? he needs another day off again yeah there's a there's I, a there's a bit of desperation to this i guess is is what i what i'm feeling but you know that that could be that could be false i, I think the, the classic thing is you know you hear about mis- mystery injuries down the stretch all the time but i feel like that stuff happens in august it doesn't usually happen in september in the, in the real well, stretch runs so yeah. I, that's why i think these are more legit than necessarily you know, oh yeah then finding yeah, ways right. to get yeah. finding nefarious ways to rest your players but yeah so ta would be your highest highest rank concern followed yeah, by i think i i think uh, uh i guess i go ta lynn and then uh least concerned about about giolito yeah well he, he's not even they already said they don't he he doesn't need after they examine him wednesday and there's no reason to go on the il so I I really don't have any concerns about that one. So, and and with the upcoming series uh, are like Kansas City. I think they do have to play Oakland and Oakland though. Mm, um, House of Horrors. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and and then they come back for Boston. So, which everyone should definitely be back by then. But Giolito right now is going to. They did say he will miss his start in Oakland, but that could mean that the pitching situation for um, the Boston series is like Lynn Giolito and either Cease or Rodon. So mm. that's that. Or maybe you throw something I want to talk about the new great Rolando Lopez into the situation who has just a minuscule ERA, <laughs> a whip of 0.69 has done everything the Sox have asked them to do since being called up. And what does he credit it to? A slight change on his on his uh, slider, his grip of his slider, and a shorter arm release that Ethan Katz told him to do. So so is this the real Ronaldo Lopez? Well, or we'll is the next year. Yeah, I mean, wh- who do you, can you, can you trust Reynaldo Lopez at this oh, point. Oh, I can I mean, right now. I can right. You can now, for the yes. moment. Okay. At the moment, yeah. At the moment, the until way he shits the bed again. <laughs> the way he's pitching, it's. I guess. It, my, you remember how he used to take? He used to take like a long freaking time between pitches. He does not at all. It's more mm-hmm. Burley esque now or Giolito, where you just like. I think my question, my real question is, is it wise to trust Reynaldo <laughs> well, Lopez I mean, right now? Do it. I mean, well, right now you don't have much of a choice. You so. don't have a choice, but I mean, is he going to, you think he's going to be somebody they rely on in the playoffs? Or? No, 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 no. Well, okay. maybe out of the bullpen. I sure, mean, he, sure. yeah, 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 yeah. 
but not as he's not going to be starting in the playoffs. Yeah, because you don't you don't need yeah. four or five starters necessarily. No, right. Thank God, and neither will Dallas Keuchel, so we'll be spared. Um, That's a whole other question. I think we'll get to that maybe in the coming weeks. Like, what what do you do with Dallas Keuchel? Is yeah, he even, what do you does do he even make it? your playoff roster? Like, is he? Do we do you think we'll see him maybe in a bullpen role like down the stretch here to see what he if he can? You like, know, the get question, his shit together there. The question with him in a bullpen role is because of how he pitches. I don't know that he'd really be effective. No. He's a contact pitcher. He's like Mark Burley, right? Now, mm-hmm. Burley, I guess Burley did get, didn't he get a, he got a save in the World Series. So, I mean, but you tell like, me, buddy. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but Burley still had really good stuff then. I mean, his, he, you know, he's pitching on Mars. And he I, is that, on Mars. I think the gravity is for the, the not, not having gravity yeah, we, is affecting his ball. You, we you broke you, that down. You it could broke be it the, down. Lack of atmosphere pressure. It's the greatest segment ever, as far as the I'm concerned. Negative 80 degrees Fahrenheit. I mean, that, those are all issues that could positively or negatively affect the pitchers. So yeah, so, he's dealing. Yeah. With, he's point, got a lot going on. He's dealing he? with a lot of shit there. So yeah. clearly, so yeah, clearly, he's I think a that mess. We'll, we'll. I think we'll get more into Dallas Keuchel later, later as later in this month as we get closer. Yeah, to the playoffs, I, we so. will. We will look at that deeper. There's only one other uh, quick. A couple quick little things. One, uh, congratulates, ugh, congratulations to Jose Abreu for AL Player of the Month mm, of August. Nice, as he is known as Mister August. He always seems to like just take it to the next level in August. Pile in up RBIs. Of, yep. And then uh, something I, I text you after the show, which you comically replied, "Well, if only we had a way to talk about these things." Um, <laughs> yeah. we, and we do so. Uh, something that uh, does the name uh, Rami Gonzalez mean anything to you? No, Rami Rolo Gonzalez- Tomasa. <laughs> Rami Gonzalez, <laughs> who just got called up due to expanded rosters, is probably the reason the Sox are willing to trade Nick Madrigal oh. in the Cubs trade. And I teased out. I'm like, it's nothing to get. This is not going to be some segment because I, I knew when I said it to you, you're going to be like, oh, what the hell is he going to? He's going to trash talk Madrigal now that he's been traded. Yeah, no, I was waiting for to, that. There's nothing to do with Madrigal. In fact, I'm going to, I'm glad. did Steve Stone like destroy Madrigal like the day after uh, he was traded? Like just ripping he, on his whole game? He, yeah, he kind of did. I'm surprised by that. I, I didn't, I, yeah, I didn't agree with that because okay. I think Nick's like a, you know, he's one of the, he some bases shit ton. I mean, and he's good for a lineup. He puts the ball in play. I That's mean, he, what, he's yeah. old school baseball sort of person that you don't see a lot anymore. And the Cubs definitely need, they, we talked about this already, but they need guys who put the ball in play. They certainly lack that. They got rid of most of those guys that didn't put the ball in yeah. play, but, but anyway, we digress. But where, but where Rami, are we going with Rolo Tomasi? R- R- Rolo, Rolo Tomasi, uh, Abe, Abe Froman, uh, he he in the minor leagues had between double uh, A AA and triple A this year has 23 homers, 57 RBIs and 22 stolen bases and has plays a pretty great defense. So I think the Sox plan is to just slide him. The reason they didn't go after a long term, uh, a longer term second baseman during the trade deadline, besides probably having to give up more was they they were watching his progress through this season which was kind of crazy because he's not very 
he's one of those guys. Uh, this goes back to like we'll know how the Cubs trades went in a few years. Well, he's not, he's not a high ranked White Sox prospect, but mm-hmm. he's been he has been like he, it's all click for him, right? So I'm hoping you know he'll see some play now that he's up um, in in uh, in in a game this upcoming series in in Kansas City. Now he does he he has played second, he plays short. I think he's played third. He's one of those guys who's played all over the place. They've they've had him all all over the uh, diamond at outfield. So the only thing he hasn't played was catcher and pitcher, I think. Um, so he's uh. You know, I think I think this is this was the reason they felt that you know they could trade Madrigal and maybe not skip a beat and get a lot more power out of that position, um, and and you and you and you keep the speed with the with the stolen bases. And the only other thing I wanted to note, uh, real quick, was in the Pirates game last night, uh, Gavin Sheets returned to the White Sox to club two homers and four RBIs. So. Uh, it's I don't know I don't know what to say we just have some so much talent offensively much. You don't know what to do with it what do you do maybe <laughs> maybe one of them can pitch anyway that's Jesus all I got for the White Sox I think I'm done can I have some more Gavin Sheet stats I I'm, I'm dying to know what was the name of the the your second baseman that's replacing Madrigalin Madrigal? Rami, Rami Gonzalez Rami Gonzalez okay I'll remember that from now on it is not Rolo Tomasi. Uh, Kaiser Sose. Kaiser Sose. Can I, can I please move on to <laughs> the north side of town for a moment? Well, we um, were there already. Is there yeah. anything more to say? Yeah, there's a little bit, but okay, yeah, touche though. There's not much, but I would like to talk a little bit at least. At least All stop right. you from talking from blabbering <laughs> longer about the fucking White Sox. Jeez. Oh wait, wait, wait! No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, the Cubs did just win a series up in Minnesota of, of, of all places. Uh, hey, well, you're looking there, eh? Triple A team beating a quadruple A team. I don't, I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know what that is, but, um, a lot of, a lot of power shown. Apparently you can hit home runs up in, up in, uh, Minnesota these days. Uh, Ian Happ finally coming back to life, uh, could have used your home runs, and power power resurgence a little bit earlier this season rather than in meaningless games in end of August and September. But thanks for showing up, Ian. Um, nice to see them win a series. Uh, I didn't I didn't expect them to win anything uh, here and out. It kind of hurts their draft prospects going forward. I'd rather see them lose to get up higher. They're they're solidly in the top ten draft picks for next year. That kind of should be their their uh priority uh trying to tank the rest of these games just so they can get a higher draft pick going into next year so um but thinking about next year and the years forward um i kind of touched on this a little bit last week when i was it was noted that nick castellanos former cubs cult hero for two months would be opting out of his four-year, $64 million deal with the Reds next year in this in this offseason, and he would be a free agent opportunity that I think the Cubs would be uh, very smart to capitalize on uh, for, for several reasons. Number one is hey, go ahead. the dude's hitting, you know, over 300. You know, his OPS this year is like over 900. Um, he, I felt like... 
there there's the Cubs had enough outfielders um, to nece- not necessarily have to have to re- like to sign him after they traded for him um, at the time. Obviously, that is not an issue now. The Cubs need everything at every position. So I think I, Castellanos makes a lot of sense going forward. But the the the, the other thing I, I looked at after we did that segment last week is really what's what's the Cubs financial situation? You know, we, we know they're going to sign free agents of some sort. Their, their plan has to be to sign somebody to get somebody to show up to 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 tune into Marquee Network next year or to show up to Wrigley Field next year because there's not a whole lot of reasons on the roster right now to do that. So I think we can safely assume we're going to we're going to get a couple, hopefully a couple marquee names that you might recognize to Well, I hope there's some marquee names since they're on the Marquee Network. Yeah, thank you. Um so I was I took a look at what the Cubs payroll currently is is going into 2022 and literally they are only on the line on on the hook for 44 million dollars next year that that is the money they have committed to contracts going forward i'm not quite sure how arbitration what's that just real quick if it's 44 million that means hayward's half of half of what they owe people exactly wow what a what a deal yeah awesome (laughs) Regardless, that's a minuscule amount of money considering right now the luxury tax threshold is $210 million. Um, I'm not going to, I don't know the minutia and I'm not going to get into it about the arbitration and how, how that should play out or may or may not play out over the offseason. If I think we can say they're going to have to add a little bit to that $44 million after arbitration cases go through. So let's just say they have $60 million total committed for 2022. Well, he's $150 million before they get to luxury tax threshold for 2022. So I think I think we can safely say that there's a lot of reasons and a lot of opportunity for the Cubs to be looking at, at major free agents this offseason and offseasons to come. And that's one point I'm, I want to make is Cubs don't have to get it all back this offseason. They don't have to sign 10, 10 marquee names or anything like that. Uh, I don't think they, I don't think anyone thinks they're going to contend next year. Even the most diehard Cubs fans have to be a little, a little bit realistic and say, you can't build, build from basically zero or they're at now to a hundred um, in one off season. So I think, I think the prudent move would be to build over, over at least the next two years. Um, and hopefully some of the myriad prospects that they've traded for in the last month will have show themselves to be major league players. We'll see if that plays out or not, but I would hope there'd be one or two of the 16 or so they've, they've accumulated. So those, those needs will emerge. But um, I looked at the free agent class for, for next year. And obviously Nick, Nick Castellanos is number one on the list, but you know, the, the, 2022 free agent class is most noted for its shortstops. And, you know, I, I want Carlos Correa to go to, to my Tigers, of course. So I don't know how those things are going to play out, but I, I think an, a, a cool fit that might, might intrigue people would be uh, Corey Seager, of course, from the Dodgers. Um, beyond that, the, the pitching class is Pretty interesting. I, I don't know how many of these will actually reach free agency, but Clayton Kershaw could be a free agent. Max Scherzer, of course, who has traded to the Dodgers. Um, beyond that, you have Robbie Ray, which 
he might be your Cy Young Award winner this year. The guy you, I, I we brought him up last the, week. I think he has the best stats. The guy I that no one three. Yeah. yeah, the guy that no one's ever heard of. I mean, we 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 knew him, and he was, used to be a Tiger. Is the only reason I knew him. But he is just dominating in Toronto. Yeah. Um, just incredible strikeout numbers. So it, it it's him and Garrett Cole. It almost seems now that Lance Lynn has kind of bowed out of the Cy Young race. Um. The other interesting name that could emerge is Carlos Rodon, which I don't know what the Sox plans necessarily are. And I, I'm not sure what his value has done um, considering where he started this year and then where, where he skyrocketed to at one point and then is, you know, the injury concerns or, or whatever, or if you think this might be a flash in the pan, what his value is. Um but that's another interesting thing. So I, I think I think what I'd like to see the Cubs do in this offseason is sign two position players of note and two pitchers of note. And I, there's a lot of opportunity out there. I, I could tell you that Carlos Rodon signing is a, a true reality for you because he already said he really doesn't want to leave Chicago. The city of not Chicago. The city of Chicago. <laughs> that's not, interesting. Not, not, you know, I probably wouldn't want to leave the White Sox either, but I, I think – the the thing with the White Sox is, you know, I think next year is Kopik's year to move into that that fifth spot, mm-hmm. and one through four are well. Yeah, that, that decision gonna, might be made for him, basically. The, if yeah, he's the only not coming the only, to the South Side or not. If, if there's if someone if there's some way they could move Keuchel somewhere, would would change this conversation, but yeah, you know, probably not. So. Well, basically, um, well, I spelled out. I wanted, I want yeah. the two two pitchers. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is a lot to want, but I want two starting yeah. pitchers and, and two position players. But fucking a, just like I spelled out, they they've got they've got the the potential to do this. They have the money and they have the the motivation to do it. They need to get back in contention as fast as they can. So. So did you do a letter to Jed, like a letter to Santa, and tell him exactly what you wanted? And that's signed that's, Ryan. That's part of my off-season plan. Oh, so, okay, yeah, okay. We'll, we'll okay. work on that. That'll, okay, cool. that'll be a podcast, maybe in uh, maybe episode eighty-five or so. We'll oh, get, okay. We'll get to that. Okay, cool. So in twenty twenty-three, I took a look at the free agents to be, and there, there's a few that you might recognize. The first one would be one Jacob Degrom which is an interesting one from a team that we are definitely going to be talking about in a bit. But uh, he looked like the greatest pitcher of all time. Uh, he has sub- Earlier this year, he has subsequently run into some arm issues, which could have been rather predictable considering his average fastball was over 100 miles an hour, it seemed like. So uh, so that, that, that could be a questionable one. But another arm that will be out on the market is a name familiar to you, one Chris Sale. I was wondering what 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 White Sox fans would would think if Chris Sale eventually ended up on the North Side. If that would be, uh, if I mean, that would I, be hilarious. Uh, if you would have no issues with that, or if that would be a bone of contention, considering his the way he exited, it's probably more funny than anything. Uh, I don't know if you, I will. I could actually. Honestly, I wouldn't even think he's been gone so long. Like he's whatever. It's not. It's not like he won a World Series with us or something. So there's not like a special place in my heart for him. He was a great pitcher. He obviously has some head issues. Um, 
So like best whatever. I I, I wouldn't. Mind I haven't been. Him pitch. I wouldn't mind watching him pitch on the north side. I mean, he's been pitching great for Boston so far. So. Well, yeah. he's coming back from uh, Tommy John surgery, so we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how that plays out. But he'll have a whole year to prove his prove his worth next season. But the other huge name that could um, it's really going to change maybe some teams' calculus on this whole shortstop free agency thing this offseason is Trey Turner is going to be a free agent next after next year, and that might be the player that people could could want more than a Corey Seager or a Carlos Correa or Javi Baez or those type of players. So there's some, there's some interesting names I think that are coming out there. I guess all of this could be moot and all of these numbers are fluid um, based on, we have a, we are definitely going to have a new collective bargaining agreement uh, as of, uh, well, at least December 12th, I think it, it's going to have to be one, the old one expires. So, what the new one looks like is very open to speculation. Uh, there is a lot of speculation going on right now. Uh, I don't know if you've seen all the articles flying around or what, what the different proposals are. Um, I think you can ignore all these articles, all these posts from Bob Nightingale and John Heyman and all this stuff. This is not that they're bad reporters. They are. Well, <laughs> Nightingale is, but uh these the information that's coming out right now is all propaganda from each side mainly from the owners right now they're throwing out all sorts of proposals that have no chance of being of being accepted by the players so this is all media posturing so the 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 question is you know i, I keep referencing the 210 million dollars as the luxury tax threshold that could change that right now the owners are trying to get that to go down which is why this is a non-starter with players. Um, there's no chance that number's going down. Uh, the There's different stipulations on what, uh, you know, if the Cubs picked up all these free agents to be, if, they, if those players turn down qualifying offers, the Cubs have to give up draft comp compensation, which is significant right now. Uh, if you pick up a, a free agent that turned down a qualifying offer or yeah, turn down a qualifying offer, you'd have to give up your second highest draft pick in the next draft, which would normally be, you know, the second your second round pick essentially. So right now there is a significant cost to a big market team uh, picking up free agents. So it's hard to say if that's still going to exist going forward, but again, that that's going to play out. So uh, yeah, this is, I'm kind of setting setting the groundwork, the framework for what I'm going to be talking about all, all this off season. Cause that's all the Cubs Cubs and Cubs fans have to look forward to is what, what this team may or may not look like going forward. Cause I'm not real interested in watching this team right now on the field. So uh, that's all I've got for the Cubs. Um, do you want to talk about your no back in first place, San Francisco giants? Next question. The next question, because it was stupid. He hits it high. He hits it deep. It is out of here. Sorry, uh, Papa's feeling pretty uh, delicious right now. Gonna step into the box, go three for four, eight RBIs. Gahim. Yeah, sure. Um, we had a, you know, 
know, it was a it was a rough week for Giants fans. It took until August into September for the Giants to have their first four game losing streak of the mm. season. And a part of it, three of those games came out of out of four came at the hands of the Milwaukee Brewers at home. And you know, the the part about that that's a little bit scary right now is, you know, the Brewers are definitely bound for the playoffs. I think they have a pretty commanding lead also in, in their division in the central um, in the NL central. And, um, you know, you, you, you've been waiting for, uh, you know, we talked about it all year, you know, you, when was that giant skid going to happen or where were they? Well, you know, it's a lot easier to, <laughs> it's a lot easier to watch uh, earlier in the season mm-hmm. when, that all they've had this season were two three game losing streaks. Wow. That that's been their longest losing streaks, and then they uh, they had this four game one just now, and they won easily today five to one, but uh, to take one game out of the series. But you know that was all at home too. Yeah. So what was weird is they beat Milwaukee. I think it was two out of three in Milwaukee this year, and then Milwaukee beat them three out of four at home. So. Like just kind of kind of weird of that, but the Giants are you know a very good home team too. They they have a winning record in on, on, on both cases, but um, you know they just they just kind of they played some sloppy baseball, uh, and you know are they back on track? We'll see. You know everyone everyone got their Dodger boners up uh, when they were in first place for twelve fucking hours. So count the fuck <laughs> down, everybody. Um, so. I mean, it's they, they've got they've got the series coming up. So I mean, how the how the Giants respond in that series will will be uh, huge. The the that this is another case though where you're, you got two teams who are in the playoffs no matter what because the wild card team out of the eight out of the NL West the one the first place wild card team has an eleven head. The Dodgers have like an eleven half game lead in the wild card. Yeah, so. You know, they're, those teams are both in. So um, right now they are playing to win the division and be the number one seed. So I do have one question for you about about this. You know, you said it was your first four game losing streak. Yeah. Do you think it's a coincidence or is there something to it that this also coincides with the signing of Jose Quintana, the, the known destroyer of all teams he is uh, up by? He uh no single-handedly ruined the 2017, 18, and 19 Chicago Cubs and has been with the mediocre LA Angels after that. And now he was signed this week off waivers. Uh I thought that was a curious move. What 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 were your thoughts on Quintana showing up in uh it was because they have two starters on the IL and they need someone to take some innings right now. So. Has he pitched yet even? No, I just no, he signed him. No, he yeah. hasn't pitched yet. Not that I didn't see him pitch any games. Uh I will admit I did not look at the box score intently of uh of those games, but um you know, I fell asleep during most of them, which is an unfortunate thing about the time zone. Um, but I'm old. I'm old. I got to get up, you know, go to work. So, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I didn't even know it had happened until you said that to me. I was just like, God, wow. Okay. But I, I knew they were probably looking to get someone off of waivers or something just to, mm. 
eat some innings, good or bad, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, they want to keep the guys who are really going to be there for the eater playoff of rosters. Eater of playoff team souls. Yeah, playoff team souls and innings. Welcome, Jose Quintana. <laughs> I mean, the real question is, will he ever see the – will he ever see the – a pitch from the giants or will he wash some dishes unfortunately oh yeah beforehand and cut his finger or something hopefully so. he's found someone to do that for him whether he's hired hired some help or whatever but please q please don't wash your dishes get someone yeah. to do this for you yeah you know i i think you're i think you're you know you're uh funny as it is it's it's even a further stretch than my uh double double spy theory on Quintana. <laughs> so he will destroy you. <laughs> yeah. So I don't have, I don't think much about it. I think, <laughs> I think as quickly as he's on the team, he will probably be off the team. If mm-hmm. you know, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. If he, if he pitches at all. Yeah. Well, I think with that, I'd like to take a break if you're ready for one. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. We'll be right back here on the Wordhole media network. Wordhole media. Hey everybody, how you doing out there? This is Pete from Major League A-Holes, the show. And are you enjoying our podcast? Well, if you are, why don't you show us some love and support us and get something in return at our new aesthetic shop. Do you like to annoy your inner town rivals and White Sox fans? Why don't you buy a Rizzo Suck shirt or you fucking A's fans get a Posey Suck shirt from our Ass Face of the Franchise collection. You want to celebrate the legends of baseball? We got the hammer, the bird, the wizard. Oh, the great catfish hunter. As the great Hawk Carrollson used to say, he loved catfish. That's from our badass collection. Or do you want to just support your area? So you got the Northside, Southside, Motor City, and Bay Area collections. Again, all of this is available at aesthetics.shop, the official shit of Major League A-Holes. Well, a series of little consequence to most of the baseball world, but of great consequence to myself and all those in Detroit and Oakland was the series that wrapped up this afternoon in Detroit as I'm wearing my Tigers cap and my Catfish Hunter t-shirt available at aesthetics.shop, A-S-S-T-H-E-T-I-C-S.shop, official shit of Major League A-Holes. A's won a tight series, a tighter series than probably most thought. Uh, the two games to one, A's won game one kind of predictably going away, nine to three, kind of bludgeoned the struggling Tigers who have not been hitting many home runs and have been struggling to score more than two or one runs per game over the last week or so. Uh, but that was it was kind of the same story going into game two as the Tigers fell behind three to nothing, ended up tying it three to three, falling behind again, six to three, and then coming back to tie it six, six, and then eventually to go on and win eight to six. And that was, it was a pretty, pretty impressive win from the Tigers. Um, you know, just showing some resilience against, you know, against a legit playoff team in the A's. I, I was kind of surprised. I was, I was ready to write them off at every point where they had fallen behind. And they finally were hitting the ball out of the ballpark is, is what's changed. Um, so that was nice to see out of uh, Akil Badu, who had been struggling coming off the IL, and uh, Harold Castro. The uh, game... <laughs> 
game three this afternoon was uh, the most disheartening and then became a little a little more encouraging on it from the Tigers at Tigers side of things. Uh, they fell behind eventually eight to nothing and but were able to s- scratch out some runs and hit a couple more home runs. Robbie Grossman, uh, I forget who else, but they ended up uh, losing eight to six. But another another strong kind of scrappy comeback attempt, which I appreciate out of the the young Tigers. So an interesting series. Uh, obviously, I'm always rooting for the Tigers, but this is this series is of much more consequence to the A's and their playoff hopes. They had come into this week kind of struggling. They had lost their first two games over the weekend uh, to the Yankees and fortunately salvaged games three and four on Saturday and Sunday. And I, I heard, you know, pundits like Buster only say, you know, that they kind of saved their season almost by be- winning those two games in over New York. Um, I think that's a little overstated, but I mean, it certainly, certainly has helped. They've now won four out of five and they're thoroughly uh, in the, in the uh, wild card hunt. Uh, what I noticed, you know, seeing, I don't get to watch a ton of, A's games being here in the Eastern time zone game start late as, as Pete is, I am an old man and tend to not stay up till one in the morning watching baseball, but it, it has happened, but not often. So I got a real good look at the, at the A's this week. And I mean, the things that jump off the, off the board is their offense is, is scary. It, it is, especially with Starling Marte that, that is, that has been maybe the best trade of, of the, trade deadline if you look at the impact he's had i mean the dude's stolen like 25 bases since he's been with the a's i mean in a month it's it's fucking crazy how how much he does his ops is in i think the mid nines 900s um he just does he does everything he's he's a great defensive player so i'm impressed with the the a's offense um what I'm most impressed by, though, is their defense, and this is kind of a an underrated thing, and I think it's gone a little bit under the radar, kind of like the the old money ball thing where you find market inefficiencies. I think a lot of the best teams have found uh, defense is going to pay dividends down the stretch, and certainly in the in the postseason. I think you see that with teams like the the Rays are putting a premium on defense and. I saw a lot of incredible defense with uh, Matt Olson, Matt Chapman, of course, at third base. Uh, Marte in center field is, is incredible. So I, I think I think they're they're built for a playoff run in those terms. I'm a, I'm a little concerned about the rotation, mainly because the White Sox took out Chris Bassett by smashing him in the face with a 110 mile an hour ball line drive. Um, I have not heard what his prognosis is. If they think he might even be back uh, for the playoffs, I, I have no idea. But they, they definitely took a downturn after that game, and they are not just now getting their footing back. So he was a, a leader for sure on the team, and he was just able to come back this weekend uh, back to the clubhouse just to be with the team after spending a little bit of time in the hospital and having, I think, uh, at least one surgery to repair basically a smashed face. So. Uh, I think his, his, uh, leadership is probably helping a little bit. Hopefully he can get back on the field, but their, their rotation could use a little more help. But the, the scary thing that I don't like about the A's is their bullpen. And they tried to address that with Andrew Chafin trading, trading for him from the Cubs. Um, and he's been solid, but you know, you've got Sergio Romo closing it down now. They, they expected to have Trevor, Trevor Rosenthal closing it out, but he 
I don't even think he pitched an inning for the for the A's this year because he went out with an arm injury early. So um, their middle relief, the Tigers kind of beat up on their middle relief. That was that was kind of the 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 outstanding uh, thing I noticed throughout the throughout the series. So I if anything, I, I like the I like the the A's you know on this playoff playoff push. Uh, but I'd be a little concerned about the about their bullpen going forward. Um, the only other Tiger tidbit I wanted to bring up be, before we move on is uh, AJ Hinch, who I think you and I we haven't talked about this, but I think we're gonna have to do do our uh, managers of the year because I think all five of our teams we could talk about for different reasons. Probably not, maybe not uh, uh, David Ross necessarily, but um, at least four of our four of the five teams we talk about there could be compelling cases where any of those could be managers of the year um we'll talk about that uh maybe maybe the final episode before the playoffs are we could we could bring that up but aj hinch would get some votes for sure he's really changed the culture in detroit um i'll, I'll get into that more later but he had a he had a fun quote he, he is a He's a good quote. He's a he's an honest, <laughs> ironically one of the more honest uh, uh, managers I've come across that just says what he's thinking uh, in interviews and stuff. Considering he came from the cheating Astros and was kicked out of that organization for their their cheating and their their lies, um, he he really does seem like one of the more honest managers with his quotes. But he he also ha- is good for a soundbite here and there, and his. His quote this week was talking about the music to all Tigers fans' ears about free agency, free agency to be this this offseason. It seems like the, the Tigers are poised to they have this they have the structure, they have the skeleton to start adding free agents finally. And uh, he said, "Yeah, we, you know, free agent. We are definitely not in sell mode anymore. We are we are going for it. We've heard that throughout you know throughout the year with from the front office, including Alavila." He said, you know, if the free agents, you know, if they want to come here and be part of this organization as we turn around, they'll, they'll come. If they don't, we'll beat them. And that is that is the slogan I think that's going to be going forward. That's already been on T-shirts. I should probably make our own T-shirts. Uh, maybe soon to be available at aesthetics.shop. Um, but I don't know. It was just it was a fun, good to hear positivity and um kind of looking towards the future for the first time in quite some time in Detroit. So I appreciate that out of AJ Hinch and yeah, we'll see how that goes going forward. Good things going on over there, man. Yeah. we got a ways to go, but I, I'm liking what I'm seeing. Finally, I think uh, we should move on to uh, our second favorite segment over these years. Uh, I think that's evolved into shit. We couldn't make up. Oh, you guys like to tell jokes and giggle and kid around, huh? What have we got here? A fucking comedian. <laughs> For a turkey cemetery. Come on to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. I think you've got a you've got a good one for us. I do have a good one. Uh, Major League history was made this past week, but history was made on April 11th this past week. <laughs> yeah, time travel. Yes, I mean, sure. Most people listening to this, I hope, are familiar with Back to the Future. This would almost <laughs> be like a Back to the Future two, though. In in mm, this case, I'm less familiar um, with that. Yeah, I mean, because that where they went it, to the old 
Lester. No, that's the third baseball. Jesus. Back to the Future Two is when they say the Cubs win the oh, World Series, yeah, and yeah. and and there's the over betting the, over there's, Miami. Yeah, and there's the betting guide, and and the the, the uh, Biff's making money because of because he's he's going back and forth in yeah. time, placing. That's the, the only reason the time travel is to win exactly gambling. to win to gamble. Um, yeah. So. Um, Back on April 11th, Javi Baez uh, was playing with the Cubs. The Cubs lost. To oh, the Pirates. yes. I remember lost him with the, the Cubs. You do. Yeah. Lost to the Pirates that day, seven to one, but he had a solo homer. Also on April 11th, Javi Baez pinch hit for the New York Mets, was hit by a pitch, had an RBI single and scored the winning run for the Mets. You lost me. Both, both of these games occurred on April 11th. Ah! Ah, or did they turn my mind into a pretzel <laughs> or did they Smitty? <laughs> so it turns out that game one of a doubleheader this past week against the Marlins was a game that was suspended, ah. which was kind of widely publicized as to why they even attempted to play it. Cause Marcus Stroman threw exactly nine pitches Jesus in the game in a torrential downpour and the umps just Stop the game at that point. Who the fuck made that decision? I know. Well, probably the Mets front office, but we'll get, uh, we'll get into that. <laughs> but yeah, we'll be getting there sh- very shortly. So the game one was a nine inning suspended game that was played. And then, of course, game two of this doubleheader was seven. Because the game was suspended in the statistics and in the history books on April 11th, it will read that Javi Baez did his performance with the Cubs as well as his performance with the Mets. What's interesting, this is only the third time this has happened, but what's really effed up... Three times, wow. But what's fucked up about it is the two other times were, like, legit, and the Cubs are involved in all three of these now, and the Mets are involved in two out of the three. Wow. 1922 in the this is my favorite one. This is this is better than the Mets one. In 1922 in the middle of a doubleheader, the Cardinals and Cubs made a deal and St. Louis sent their player to the to the Cubs and the Cubs sent some guy named Mac Flack to the to the Cardinals during the, the game? During no, between the doubleheader Oh, I see. Between. And then they played in the second game and scored <laughs> hits for each team. So they, they... Uh, simpler time with yes. more complicated shit than ever. In 1982, the Mets sent Joel Youngblood wow. to the Expos. The The Mets played a day game. Now, this would probably would never, ever happen today. Like when all those other trades were made at the trade deadline, most of those guys didn't play until a few days later, even, you know, from when the trade was made. But in this case, he got a hit for the Mets in the day game and then got a pinch hit that night for the Expos. They played in two games for two different teams on the same day. So the hobby Baez is more of a, a, a fun little story because of how it was recorded in the books. But it, it's kind of it's kind of interesting. It'll be the third player in history to have recorded a hit for two different teams on the same day. I think the moral of the story is baseball is fucking weird. Well, <laughs> I think I, incredible. Moral, shit could happen. Uh, well, I mean, there. I don't think there is any other sport that keeps more 
statistics <laughs> about anything. And those things were but, known like two seconds after they happened. I'm sure. I mean, like everyone. Oh yeah, the articles. The articles. A few People hours. People love later. that shit. That's yeah, great. So, so, so that's the the our. I think that's our shit. You could make up this week, but it's the perfect lead-in, right? Yeah, this is this is an excellent lead-in. This what we're gonna get into next is, of course, asshole of the week. What is your problem, you insensitive asshole? Pardon my French, but you're an asshole. Who the fuck is this asshole? Am I wrong? You're not wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole. Okay, then. <laughs> but so much of what we're going to get into could have been shit you couldn't make up because it's unreal. Our asshole of the week is going to be the Mets. Not just the Mets players, not just the Mets uh, front office, not just the fans. Everything that has to do with the Mets is an asshole. Yeah. Uh, where do I begin? Let, let, let's start with the fans, because this is kind of where this story started. If, if you don't know what what was going on with the Mets this week, what started all this, um, I don't, I'm not sure why you're listening to our baseball podcast, because it seems like you would know, but uh, there's 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 so much Mets shit, it's unreal. Of course, the thumbs down incident is what is what brought this to light. But what really started all this is, uh, well, poor performances from Francisco Lindor and Kevin Pillar. I can't believe he'd be getting booed. But, um, of course, Javi Baez has been booed in his first couple weeks with the Mets. But the fans chose to boo their star players, which is fine. They can. Um, I guess I'm not making them assholes for, for booing. I'm, I'm making them assholes for, for booing and then cheering the very next day after they vilified uh, Javi Baez after he showed you why he is a valued baseball player. And it's not just his bad. It's because of his instincts and incredible base running skills. And he immediately turned those thumbs down into thumbs up as he scored the game winning run from first base and had an incredible slide ran, ran through a stop sign at third base and scored the winning run with an incredible slide. Uh, Mets fans were saying, you know what? The, you know, maybe he's not used to being booed and he got got upset over things, you know, because he's from Chicago, which is, you know, we're, we're just a tougher fan base than Chicago. Um, ludicrous, because the reason he didn't get booed necessarily in Chicago is because he has some fucking equity, including a World Series ring that he brought to help bring to this city after 108 years. He has zero equity in your city because he's been there for for three, four, maybe four weeks now. Uh, the other side of the annoys me about Mets fans is like they started just ripping on him like they just realized he strikes out a lot and they're bringing up his stats how he's walked 24 times and struck out yeah 200 and some it's they like no it's like they knew nothing about him before he arrived exactly it's like nothing happens outside of their their little universe in New York that they they just have no idea what's happening at all and so as soon as it gets dropped in their lap, it's like, oh, no one knew about this before, but we're pointing this out to you all. Like we're all fucking ignoramus. The 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 navel gazing, the the self-involvement in New York is so nauseating, it, it's disgusting. So fuck the fuck the Mets fans for that too. But also fuck the fuck the Mets players. You know what? First of all, you know, Francis, Francisco Lindor, you know, 341 million dollars and has been just garbage all year yep 
and has the audacity to start doing their thumbs down thing to the fans. Him and, and his bro, man. Him and well, Baez. They're, buddies, they're best buddies. And, and Javi is definitely not getting off the hook on this at all. He He's the asshole for telling everyone what the thumbs down meant. <laughs> Why would you say what, that you were booing the fans? He basically started a war with the fans. All he had to do is say the thumbs down. He was asked what the thumbs down meant. All you had to do is say, oh, that's just you know, a thing that we were doing internally just to get fired up. You know, you've seen all sorts of hand gestures over the years by all sorts of teams. You know, I remember the weirdest one with the Cubs for a while was they would do like a motorcycle revving the engine or something. I have no idea what that was. We never found out what it was. Nobody cares. Why he felt compelled to tell everyone what the thumbs down meant is fucking stupid. It makes him an asshole for, for even saying it. It's just ridiculous so he went he did but he decided to go to war with the fans so everyone looked at looked at old tape to find out how many players had been giving the thumbs down over the previous weeks and that's how his buddy francisco lindor got called out and even kevin pilar um who took a ball to the face and i thought was a was a mets mets cult hero for that but apparently not if he gives gives a gesture but Whatever. So it's just, I mean, it's just Mets being Mets, uh, the New York mess, as we like to call them. So to complicate matters. Um, oh, the other part that makes Javi an asshole is he lost his diamond ring when he slid into home plate on the game winning run <laughs> or his diamond earring. An earring. Yeah, he lost the diamond earring. Yeah. First of all, I, he may have been wearing this forever i guess i never really paid attention but why the fuck are you wearing a diamond earring while playing major league baseball I mean, I mean, i'd ask i'd ask why you're wearing a diamond earring at all but yeah, i mean that's a, that's a, that's a even better question yes you're right but, but but whatever what are you doing the fact that he loses that of that just makes him an asshole uh the fact that the grounds crew and several others including president sandy alderson was on his hands and knees looking at <laughs> this right. ring in the dirt Makes them all assholes. Yeah, that's you're so right. This is somewhere between assholes and shit you couldn't make up. Shit you couldn't make up. I'm only halfway through now, and I'm probably forgetting half. And that's why I need your help as we get as I get further closer to the end of this. But speaking of Sandy Alderson, he's the fucking asshole that felt compelled to write a statement, an official statement, chastising all his players and. Uh, basically groveling to the fans that you you have a right to do anything you want, uh, which is true. But yeah, he didn't true. need to write any statement based on this stupid hand gesture thing. He, if he just if he just didn't do anything, it would have been better off. But he threw fuel in the fire by just being part of the Mets organization, I guess. Uh, so yeah, Sandy Alderson's an asshole. And just when you thought you know it couldn't get worse. Um, <laughs> The biggest asshole in all of this, one day after all this, and it would almost seem to be calmed down in a way just because of Javi Baez's incredible play that made Man. literally made the asshole Mets fans go from thumbs down to thumbs up because he won the fucking game for him. General manager. Acting, uh, acting general manager. Acting general manager. Uh, Zach Scott. Shit. Zach, Zach Scott. Scott. Yes, I was going to say short, but that's the Tiger shortstop. Zach Scott said, wait a minute, hold my beer. Literally, as he was arrested for driving drunk. Uh, not only driving drunk, he was driving drunk home from a Mets function at owner, <laughs> at the owner's fucking house. 
Steve Cohen. Uh, he refused a breathalyzer test and failed the field sobriety test then. And I, I guess he didn't go to jail because he's a rich, famous person. So he is now facing drunk driving charges one day after all of this was also happening. So, and he's already had his uh, arraignment or whatever because <laughs> he was a, he was the, the bed. Little, little, little similar to Tony's. He was, he was asleep. Is that what it was? They found him asleep at 4 a.m. Well, okay, I heard they saw police witness him driving erratically at 4.15, and then he he refused the, the okay, breathalyzer. The, the one article I read said he was actually asleep at 4 a.m. Oh. behind the wheel. Whatever. He may have been driving yeah. erratically and immediately passed out. Yeah, then... whatever, whatever it is. And then he pleaded not guilty. So, yeah, well... Mind you, he is the acting GM because the previous GM has been removed from baseball forever for sending dick pics to reporters. Uh, yeah. Is, is that, I mean, that's all you need to know. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's all you need to know. He's been, he's been put on uh, administrative leave too. Oh, so, yeah. so, so they really have no GM right now. Thankfully, I guess for them the trade deadline's over, but if, well, they've got Sandy Alderson digging in the dirt looking for a diamond diamond earring, but yeah. I guess he could step in as I guess he's the president. I mean, there's you know? no way Javi couldn't afford to just get another fucking diamond earring. <laughs> Sandy, go find my earring. <laughs> I, I, I I haven't got my big contract yet. I just I don't I I can't I cannot put into context what, what this week has been for the Mets. Uh, I I'm glad we have this podcast and we've, we've established asshole of the week. I'm not sure asshole of the week, like can really encompass what, what the Mets organization is from top to bottom. <laughs> what a, what a collection of unholy assholes. It, it's, it's unreal, but I don't know if you had any more to add to that. No, uh, no. Cause I, I, I don't, I don't think we're like really forgetting anything. I mean, that was most of the stuff I, I had thought about as, as they were assholes of the week. And the only, uh, the only other part was uh, Stephen Cohen had kind of added fuel to the fire earlier, uh, maybe a couple weeks ago as he was criticizing his own players and social media, which is a strange place for an owner to be doing, but that's, that's what he does. But he was also part of the, the fan base ripping on, ripping other players, but he's also, chosen to have these players on his team and pay for pay their salaries. So yeah, the aren't you kind of the asshole for having these players on your team that you're criticizing? So exactly. Fuck Cohen, you're an asshole too. So as the, the collective <laughs> New York Mets, you are all complete assholes. Yeah. Well, I think with that, uh, I'm spent. So <laughs> unless you have anything else, I got nothing. All right. I think we can wrap this one up. Oh yeah, that was episode seventy nine. Uh, we will be back next week. Uh, we didn't talk about this. Are we going to be back on Friday or next Thursday night? Or would, Friday? Would know yet? Friday. All right for episode eighty milestone. I need eighty. Um, gra- I don't have graphics after seventy nine. By the way. Oh yeah, I'll get working on that. I've been slacking. Sorry about that. Oh uh, no, that's okay. <laughs> I forgive you. So uh, with that, you can find all of this craziness on our website, majorleagueaholes.com. You can also find all of our merchandise that I've mentioned before at aesthetics.shop, A-S-S-T-H-E-T-I-C-S.shop, official shit of Major League A-Holes. 
You can catch us on all social media at Major League A-Holes. You can even catch us on YouTube these days, our growing YouTube site. Uh, still catching a lot. That's where we get most of our vitriol, where people like to yeah. like to rip on us. Which oh, I like. I'm sure this last segment's going to ear <laughs> ear on the bad side of things. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see how that goes. So come, bring it on, Mets fans. Um, and you can also catch this podcast anywhere you'd like to find a podcast. So yeah, rate, subscribe, review, all of that. And with that, I'm going to declare to declare this podcast is over. Peace. Peace. Yeah! Jesus fucking Christ, it's about time.